his dream. From the age of eight brother, from the age of eight umbilis, from a dead man, greetings. is the biggest threat this country has faced for decades. We're seeing the devastating impact of this invisible killer. There will come a moment when no health service in the world could possibly cope because there won't be enough ventilators, enough intensive care beds, enough doctors and nurses. That is the moment of real danger. The new variant is out of control and we need to bring it under control and this news about the new variant has been a, a, an incredibly difficult end to frankly an awful year and it's important for everybody to act, essentially act like they might have the virus and that's the way that we can control it together. The way ahead is hard and it is still true that many lives will sadly be lost. Our advisory group on new and emerging respiratory virus threats, NERVTAG, has spent the last few days analyzing this new variant. It may be up to 70% more transmissible than the old variant, the original version of the disease. You might be infectious, and that's the way that we have to behave at this moment. Assume you might be infectious. Assume you might be infectious. And that's the way that we have to behave at this moment. Today, the United Kingdom's chief medical officers have advised that the country should move to alert level five, meaning that uh, if action is not taken, NHS capacity may be overwhelmed within 21 days. And it's going to spread further. And I, I must level with you, level with the, the British public, um, more families, uh, many more families, are going to lose loved ones before their time. Your colleague on stage, John Edmonds, has just sent me a statement saying that as far as he's concerned, this is the worst moment of the epidemic because of the extraordinary inf infectivity of this new strain. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, this is a horrible moment, for sure. I to say, as I'm really sorry to hear about your two relatives who died from this virus. I mean, it is a very dangerous virus uh, for many people. We're looking to move to a different regime, so as we come to the fourth step, we will change the basic tools that we have used to control human behaviour.
doctor reading that law line. I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. Yeah, in a coup they might come and fucking intimidate me and whatnot. But fuck, they do not understand what the fuck just one person like myself is capable of. They do not fucking understand. No fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood blood. Never! I will fucking die fucking fighting for my forefathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers. We do it, yes. There we go. Welcome, 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 everyone. I am back. I live. <laughs> just, just, just made it. Um, I, uh, as you as you know, streaming has been light uh, for the last. I want to say it's been nine days since my last uh, last stream. And well, what happened in that nine days? Well. Um, I got ill, basically, and uh, as Japan, well, there's there's a whole lot going on right now, and so um, I'm I'm there's a probability waiting that we have to give right. So just just with the the, the data we have to hand. So I think I had um, COVID now. It wasn't super bad for me. And the thing that makes me think it was COVID is that, well, apart from the shortness of breath and chest pain, I just kept smelling like, not all, like I catch whiffs all the time of what smelt like stale ashtrays. Right, so you know, if you were if you're born from my generation, when uh, <laughs> ashtrays used to be littered around the house, as uh, everyone everyone used to smoke tabs, drink beer, and the, the ashtray when it's been used gets a certain whiff to it, right? And I I could 
smell it everywhere. And I'm like, bloody hell. Because <laughs> my missus smokes cigarettes. And I'm like, God damn it, she's sneaking cigarettes in the house because it's cold. <laughs> something, something, something had to had to account for it. And then, and then, well, it it's, it was quite a protracted illness, I would say, and it sort of it sort of got worse. And then, bizarrely, and I I've never had this happen before. Um, as the sort of oh my ears as well were fucked up it was like i've been on a uh it was like i was on a plane and the pressure was changing all the time and especially my left ear and um the it was quite irritating actually um and as that sort of all subsided suddenly my low back just just went like there's a there's a level of pain that i live with right with just free <laughs> free missing discs basically and but this this was something else and i want to say right because it the the side that hurts the most is the side where i was getting stem cell injections so I would have to lay on my left side and they would put the needle in for the epidural and delivery in the right side. And it's that man that's been like, when I say bad, it was just, and it happened out of nowhere. I was, I was laying in bed doing my, <laughs> doing the thing that you do, just slob around wait, waiting for uh waiting for the symptoms to subside. And I just, I just went to get out of bed and just like my back just went, I was like, I can't walk. I couldn't do anything. I was calling the missus. I was like, ah, you gotta help me. <laughs> I can't move. And it was, yeah, it was really one of those, you know, they happen. If anyone has uh, back issues, no doubt you, you have those, crisis moments where something just and and you're sort of crippled and man it's been like that it happened friday what are we today what day is it today wednesday thursday is it thursday fuck all right so like five six days of well being bed bound and it was just like it was so bad right i couldn't i couldn't get out of bed like normally i would have to sort of scrunch up kind of and sort of like roll roll over and sort of try to get onto my hands and knees and then i would have to try to sort of walk towards or, or, or crawl towards something so that i could sort of put my hands on it to like lift myself up and i wanted to just shout out to christy because she, she was sort of chatting to me on skype and she says well why don't you why don't you try tens and i've got a tens unit i've got two 
um, but the the leads have broken, and <laughs> I was <laughs> I was desperate. So I don't know what it was. It was like two o'clock in the morning, and I I, I, I didn't have because it takes like nine volt batteries, and I've been putting tens on it, and it's yeah, you, you know, I'm, I can sit in my chair now. And you know, engage engage an audience, I think. But man, it was messy, and everyone in my family has been ill, and like Waifu has been ill for a couple of weeks, and the uh, see. look at that later but thanks doc Keck. um the she's she'd been ill with it with like and she's been suffering with it like for sure she has like some immune dysregulation right and it's it's, it's alternating between um what do you call it shingles and then pemphigoid and and i was like look you've got a take a break you're going to run run yourself down and so she had she basically had the last week off and she sort of she got better and then <laughs> Thursday was it Thursday Friday Thursday or Friday I'd had my back was done so it must have been Friday so the school calls me and my son that, that like they called up here to say he's not eating his lunch. He's got fever, 37.5. Bring him home. You know, he seems quite poorly. He's, st he's still poorly. He's, he was awake just a little while ago. He, he won't take any medicine, can't get anything into him. It's just, just, it's just water. He's like, I'm dehydrated. I just need water. Poor little mite. And, and then this morning, like, so I, I'm, essentially useless right so i'm just laid in bed for like the last i say five days just, just, just <laughs> eating any painkillers that i can get my hands on and um electrostimming myself and using like massage devices just to try to get some relief and then this morning waifu calls me and she's like i can't I can't get to work. I'm in pain, and I'm like, oh god. And I, like, my concern is that she's just gonna get sort of post-viral ME/CFS type state. And she comes home. I make sure she gets to the doctors, and she's got diagnosed now with influenza B, and. It's just, it's fucking non-stop. And it's it's bad around this area because they've closed the school for my son's year because so many, so many kids have been taken out. Teachers are, are missing. And it's just if it's like uh walking for it's like a plague zone going on and yeah and i feel i feel bad because i haven't been streaming and 
Um, I want to thank everyone who reached out to me and um, checking on me, seeing that I was all right. I really appreciated that. It's nice, uh, nice to know that uh, you missed the doc if I weren't here. Um, <laughs> all I can say is uh, having to sit back and um, watch, you know, the <laughs> what goes for entertainment on the internet now. Most of it's fucking shit tier, man. Um, not to blow my own trumpet or anything, but uh, I think uh, I think this is one of the more entertaining streams that uh, gets put out there. And so I hope I can I hope I can maintain some energy. I've, I uh, I took extra extra pills for this one just to, just so I could ramp out stream. And there's just there's so much happening as well, not just geopolitically. So I would like to cover that, of course. Um, I, I, th I think this, again, you know, with this hybrid warfare that we're in, bio-warfare has been a um, big part of it. And we're, we're, I think we're, oh, I don't know. I mean, you, you, how, how the fuck, how the fuck we've ended up on this timeline? I have no idea. But um, it, it's very obvious things are escalating, right? And there's, and, it's sort of reached a well, an inflection point, right? Just around, and I, I don't know. It doesn't matter what you think about Tucker Carlson or Putin personally, right? You know, maybe they're CIA cutouts. Um, Tucker with his Habadnik bracelet. Um, you know, maybe they're maybe they're. Or I, I, it's impossible to tell in this environment, but to see the lead up to that, and to see people losing their shit about it, and just the the narrative control, and then just to to see it happen, right? And it was really a sort of bog standard um, interview, I guess. I guess you could probably argue that Tucker softballed him a little bit with respect to qu to questions but um the there was nothing there was nothing really egregious right and actually what ha what, how i perceived it was <laughs> if you compared it if you compared it to i don't think you could have a two and a half hour long conversation with the head of the nato five eyes pyramid and biden it, it, you won't be able to do that and um i'm very very skilled at reading motor behaviors right looking for any sign of you know if someone's being drugged and and they've got sort of dyskinesias and there's neurodegenerative i'm super tuned into that and putin looks a um figure of health especially especially compared to the rat bags we have extorting us in the so-called free world and like i say he came off he came across to me as the reasonable actor in this whole shit show that we're in and um 
they if if they really want to sort of ramp up, then we'll look we'll look at some of the latest news stories just just around <laughs> Zog. Zog more war must have more war more death. Uh, I'm just I'm as a, a, a conscientious objector. That's what I am. Uh, let's see, Aminium says it was a bad interview by Tucker. Putin saved him at some point. Tucker knew nothing about Ukraine pre twenty fourteen. Um, maybe I mean I, I like I said what what came across to me was Putin would monologue for extended periods, and I don't know if that was sort of deliberate. Um, I'm pretty sure Putin speaks English, but he ch he's chosen to do the interview in Russian and have the translation. And maybe maybe he thinks he can, or maybe just because it's his native language, he thinks he can just be more nuanced in it. And um, the <laughs> the 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 premise that has been forced onto the West that normie fucking fag flag waving virtue signaling cretins on Twitter with their stupid icons are all going around um, pushing this idea that he's this insane megalomaniac. It, it doesn't come across like that to me at all. And yeah, so what? He wants to monologue about um, Russian history. Um, <laughs> I bet you couldn't find any Western politician who actually had that sort of depth of knowledge about their own country. Do you think Rishi Sunak could sit there and uh, uh, explain ancient British history <laughs> for, for half an hour? No, I, I don't think so. He he could probably tell you about fucking curry houses and um, <sighs> Indians shitting in the streets, but uh, ancient British history? No, I don't think so. Um, Tucker wasn't ready for Putin. I, I mean, how do you get ready for Putin? Um, I, I'm not sure. So there, there, there was a sort of key point in that discussion where um you know it's it's very obvious that russian attitudes have hardened because they had a they, they've been wanting to negotiate and putin laid out very eloquently if the if the translation was correct about how they got fucked over with the minsk accords how they were there was no intention from the west to abide by those um, accords, how they had a um, peace treaty and um, set set of conditions early in the war that uh, Boris Johnson, that slug, went and uh, scuppered, and they're still, I, 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 you know, maybe maybe it's just for show and the cameras, but they're the they're still open to negotiation. And at this stage of the game, where fuck me, man, we're we're talking hundreds of thousands dead, <laughs> dead through killer robots 
and fucking laser guided munitions and everything else to uh, increase carnage. And surely there's got to be some fucking adults in the room who want to put, put a stop to it somehow. And I don't, I don't see the Russian side being the um, unreasonable parties in in this in this game i don't it's uh i don't say i don't want to be i don't want to live in russia um i'm sure russia's never debanked me um just a public service announcement um please don't send any i've removed crypto wallets from my thing i've been locked out of my coinbase account um please don't send any crypto uh to me um Till I get it back, if I can get it back. So I keep getting debanked by Western fucking institutes. Um, this is, uh, and Russian services haven't done anything. <laughs> like my my Telegram channel is a uh, how should we say a fever swamp of. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it, but uh, you, you, you must be of uh, brave heart and uh, <laughs> sturdy soul. Should you want to go, uh, go, go for discourse in that channel? <laughs> it's fucking hilarious, but um, <laughs> just uh, just be warned. Uh, fair warning, uh, if you. Uh, <laughs> Step in there. Let's see, you have to catch up with the chat a little bit. RNA in there. Uh, take up thy bed and walk. I've had a job to walk, dude. Real, real job. I'm, I'm sort of shuffling around the house now. So, um, it's, it's, it. Each day I'm getting a little better. Uh, Wednesday, fourteenth. Oh, Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's uh, to all and um, everyone out there. I know I know there's many who are struggling right now and um yeah we should um do the do, at least keep them in our prayers uh let's see Enio says influenza B had that in Jan 2020 um yeah and the diagnosis was real quick so I assume it was some lateral flow type test it was negative for covid uh let's see tazik skew says tucker says he is a history major then proceeds to seem ignorant on some of putin's basic historical facts um i don't know maybe he just didn't specialize in in russian history i mean my my knowledge extends back and it's really patchy to essentially the bolshevik revolution i mean <laughs> russia was just a a black hole in my mind uh prior to that and i mean it's look they're a fucking big country and um they've seen a lot and i, I know a lot of russians and you know they're good people um tough people uh what the west has done with respect to trying to pick a fight with them basically in their own backyard is fucking insane um but here we are and i i don't see i don't see the situation improving because what have we what have we just seen that the senate or the house 
whichever whichever comes first in the US just basically passing 90 billion dollars in emergency defense spending to and the majority of that goes to Ukraine while you know everyone that's sitting there talking about we need we need uh, the the southern and northern border ceiling in the United States um as a nationalist you know I'm I'm kind of into strong borders and uh, strong <laughs> strong security checks I don't want any willy nilly riffraff just walking in <laughs> and so you know there's you have to look at this you know in the context of this hybrid warfare and you know the I don't know, but whatever whatever that power structure is that that can sort of pull these strings, um, it it obviously has its eyes set on breaking the U.S. And the way you do that is you flood the country with migrants. It's it's what happened to the U.K. and the US is sort of 30, 40 years behind where the UK and is. And, you know, what will happen is you get the surveillance state come in, um, cameras go up, um, the premise that the how should we say that your policing isn't going to work anymore they're deliberately breaking it down and so you you and this was this was something that the um so tucker carlson did some i don't know it looked like some sort of world economic forum type symposium world governments or something like that it was in, in some arab country and he was making this point and he, he's he's spot on about this where he's saying you know there's this as you say, so so people get ideologically possessed about which which particular system that they want to live under, and you can be, you know, staunchly, I don't know, libertarian, free market, open borders, all this, and you think that's the best way to um, comport your system, and the spectrum of like political thought in in the West, and then. You know that's going to differ as you go around the world, and you know, we can generally say and look at most countries and say, well, you know, they're they're not living in mud huts, right? They've they've reached a level of sophistication and civilization. And he made the point that it doesn't matter um, with respect to how <laughs> to use the term facts on the ground. And he was talking about how. Um, and I've I've never the only time I've been to Russia is as a stopover on a plane. I can't even remember the airport. To tell the truth, <laughs> it was it was, uh, it was uh, bare bones anyway. But he, he was just saying that Moscow is just you know it's functional. It 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 doesn't have this layer of decay that is hyper apparent when you visit the u.s and he makes the point that you can it's the same in japan you can go you can go around japan you could you would struggle to find any 
graffiti in Japan, right? And if you find it, you'll probably see that someone's had a bloody good go at trying to remove it. And there just isn't that tidal wave of broken humans littering the streets. It it really seems to be an American um, phenomenon. And, and he's, he makes the point that it doesn't matter what you, what economic system you think is the best because if your cities are dysfunctional to the point where you know you've literally got the, the casualties of chemical warfare littering the littering the streets of the US <laughs> you can be as libertarian and it's it's it, it's meaningless if the if the, if the structure the social structure around you is just decaying to the point of um the literal absurdity <laughs> it's it's you, you can't not look at those fentanyl addicts crunched over and just passed out on the street and the human garbage and shit <laughs> everything and think that that's a successful system that's not that's a system that is imploding and it, it's a kind of slow motion implosion but it's very much again what why why is it so much in the u.s and i i, I have to come to the conclusion that the u.s is that they have to break the u.s so they they smash the social contract within the country, and then they the people who are in positions where they're there at the they've got their snouts in the trough, and the way to make quick money is wars, basically, um, and make no mistake, SARS was biowarfare, and everyone there was a whole bunch that made money out of that and we still don't know the full extent of the damage that's that's occurred in this instance and now we see the pull in multiple directions for um ever escalating warfare and <laughs> but, but i'm not sure you could convince americans now it's not 20, 30 years ago, where you can convince them that, oh, you've got, you got to fight, fight for America and we've got to fight over there to keep our freedoms over here. I don't think that shit is going to fly anymore. And so the numbers are going to drop with respect to recruitment. That's what we see. Um, God knows what the... <sighs> so that, there was a data point yesterday. I should, I should have brought it up. Uh, filed it away but it, it was ONS data so it's from the UK um, people on long term disability has been the highest it's ever been ever since records were being kept so there's the fingerprint of your incapacitation agent running through a, a, a population and you're trying to pull from an ever-diminishing pool of human resources. And I don't... 
<laughs> how, how, how could they really drum up boots on the ground for Ukraine? I doubt it. I don't know. Nothing, nothing surprises me now. Uh, Bojo does it out for cash. Yeah, he's a scumbag. Uh, <laughs> history began in October the seventh. Obviously, yeah, yeah. That's that's a few things. I don't know if I had them up, but um, look, there's there's a whole bunch I want to get through today. There's like I said, there's a lot of science. I'm going to skim through a whole bunch of important papers to get to one that I do want to read about. Um, Xeno amps and uh, not xenomorphs, Xeno amps. Um, what what they mean and what this data means with respect to looking at SARS because it does a nice comparison of comparing it to other circulating RNA coronaviruses and we can see areas where its pathogenicity is way above the normal circulating variants and in in my mind i would read that as uh, more evidence for fingerprints of um manipulation to achieve strategic goals and so i want i want to read that paper and yeah i just i i grabbed a bunch of headlines so let's let's dive into the uh stream <laughs> And see, Nikki Haley couldn't ID the cause of our civil war. <laughs> Man. Well, it, you know, <laughs> he put me on the spot about sort of history. I'm not, I'm not a, really a history, history buff. But anyway, have we got enough people to uh, push on with the stream? Let me do this. I should actually do this. Oh. I got a hundred watching, and oh, Mando, uh, good to see you, sir. Thank you for the donor, much, much appreciated. Yeah, I'm feeling way better. <laughs> that was a mess before. Now, now I've got to try and nurse uh, everyone else through my family. But, um, and if if we've suddenly picked up influenza, and I'm just coming off the back of, um, <laughs> I don't want it. I don't want it. And uh, fuck all those people who say viruses don't exist. <laughs> yeah. I've got uh, demonstrable proof <laughs> right in the rooms next to me. All right. So da, 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 da. where were we? Where were we? Where were we? We're going to do this and uh, shout out to Good Doggy. Uh, become uncontrollable. Conscientious objection. Stay away from Zog Wars, folks. Uh, You'll live longer and be happier. And um, I think I had another good doggy meme here as well. <laughs> uh, Prion free coom is the next Bitcoin. Um, thanks to fucking Coinbase uh, <laughs> debanking me. I can fuck Bitcoin. Um, <laughs> he sold a Jewish trick. All right, so uh, let's see. If you wandered in here wondering who I am, that's me, Dr. Kevin McCann. Uh, I was a principal investigator. I should change that now. Oh, that's what, that's one thing I wanted to mention, which is, um, you know, I'm working very, very hard to get towards um, testing. And it, the, the the simple fact is I, I, I can't, 
go under the radar to try and do this work. As much as I would like to, it's not possible. And so I'm looking to have a proper lab space and licenses, etc., etc. And um, we will test well, we'll test as much as we can, um, including vaccines, to see. You know, we've got to we've got to answer the question of these prion epitopes. Are they doing anything? And um, so, someone's got to do it. So um, I, I, I've got the chance to do it. So I've been working towards that. So I found somewhere um, we're just in the middle of um well it's just agreements you've got there's papers to sign and um just stuff to move and but i hope within the month i should have the lab space and things should move quickly from that point so um yeah hopefully you'll be seeing some streams from um the extended uh extended uh, lab facilities. Uh, uh, so me, it's, uh, <laughs> put my uh, put my talents to uh, to work again. So um, yeah, there's good news on that front. Is chat still working? Seems to have paused. Is that working? Test. Mm, yeah. Okay. Uh, but, 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 but. So, yeah, that's me. If you want to find all my um, previous work, please go to ResearchGate. It's all uh, it's all aggregated there. And um, yeah. <laughs> if you've got trouble sleeping at night, uh, please uh, help yourself and uh, read some of that work. Uh, what I would like to do uh, is to remind everyone to do this and... Um, Please bookmark McCann Dojo. And uh, you can support the stream by hitting that big blue button and uh, <laughs> use your usury cards, gay pal, Patreon, buy me coffee, subscribe star. You can join our gilded. Uh, you can register to be notified if you would like some uh, extra email when I do go live. Um, it's been surprisingly light in the last nine days. Uh, I'm sure people... Uh, being relieved that the, there's one less one less piece of digital flotsam coming down on on your lives, and of course remind everyone um, the much of the effort goes into our server and streaming and yeah i want to shout out simon as well doing a best of 2023 48 hour marathon all week. Uh, all weekend um, mashup, just <laughs> yeah, something to watch. Um, I can't, I can't watch myself um, in streams. It's uh, I watch some if I if like sometimes I think oh is it did that go down right? Sometimes you have to listen to it, but a lot of the time I'm <laughs> I hate the sound of my own voice. Uh, but why why are we not live? We talk, you listen. Home. Eh? Ah, yep. Bleak. Do, 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 
to it. Yeah, there we go. So uh, we're live there, and uh, you can watch there. And uh, but why? Knock that on the head. Thank you very much. Uh, labs ain't going to help this situation. Um, well, I think it incumbent upon those that perhaps can do something, um, have a go. And, you know, it's, if, if we're in <laughs> this hybrid war, whatever, whatever state we're in, um, let's, let, let, you know, <laughs> go, we'll go the whole hog and say they've pulled the trigger on, um, mass depopulation. And the way to do that is through, um, self, self-amplifying disease disease catalyzing prions right it's it's the perfect perfect mechanism and if that's the case then i'm i'm convinced from the literature you may not be able to stop it but you can slow it down and the way if it if they've made an evolutionary bottleneck we have to get through it as a as a species and so the more we can hang on to the <laughs> the, the tatters of uh, our mind and consciousness if they're getting um subsumed by misfolded proteins the better right the the more chance of breeding couples um we're we're, we're still seeing drops in births which are concerning um, but you know the the way through this is have kids and educate them as best you can and if there are ways to um, intervene with countermeasures that are available locally available everywhere then we should try and that's my motivation right now um, so you know <laughs> what you just sit there and watch the train coming towards you uh, <laughs> well you can go on uh, the telegram channel and literally watch that happen <laughs> i was watching it earlier this morning hang on my tens machine is beeping at me um let me just uh reset it ah stim me ah like angel wings fluttering, fluttering over my, my ball back. All right. So, um, stop keeping Bitcoin on centralized exchanges. That's a schoolboy error. Yeah. Tell me about it. That's twice it's happened to me. Well, I was like Coinbase, man. Solid. It's been around a while. Uh, anyway, Putin said he wanted to say he didn't care about that fuka. Maybe, maybe. Anyway, so um, streaming, please sign up, start archiving shit, you know, interviews with Putin, that sort of thing, where uh, you've got narrative controllers trying desperately to uh, keep you from the uh, cutting edge of the day that <laughs> healthy young males sell your sperm. Um, you know what would be an interesting experiment? 
get yourself a cheap, you don't need an expensive microscope. And just check, check to see the motility. And then maybe, <laughs> maybe there's loads of people shooting blanks. I mean, I'm, I'm not that fast. <laughs> my, my breeding years are behind me, but um, it, it's a scientific experiment. That's one thing that could be checked, right? Um, with women, it's a little bit more difficult. But we do know that SARS goes for the sperm and the testes. And the spike protein from the vaccine goes to the testes as well. That was one of the more, how should we say, shocking findings from Professor Arna Burkhart. Rest in peace. And... <laughs> I don't I don't put anything past these psychopaths at the moment. All, all the time you're in this world of destabilized perception and um shit going down that normally is the stuff of fucking spy novels and uh who's the dude that was spitting out loads of books? Red Dragon, whatever. He's always writing about Tom Clancy, is it? We've sort of entered into Tom Clancy territory. Uh, let's see. Zelenko's countermeasures were derived from Barrick's paperwork. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Um, I don't... Like I say, you know, what countermeasures did I do? I, I was taking everything that I could in the last few weeks, yet somehow back is still fucked up <laughs> i can't i can't lean forward like that without it really bloody hurting all right um so anyway use uh we talk you listen.com um it's uh we're gonna have to keep that you you've got to move away from centralized corporate information feeds they they're literally they're literally fucking pravda that's that's what they've become anyway uh let's see what do we have for uh our first uh first shot of madness from the reality engine this creeped me out uh th this, this is uh the new argentinian president um the one who the one who said he wanted to become the jew um it's uh, on his one of his first official visits is to go to fucking Jerusalem. <laughs> Look, I've been to that wailing wall, right? <laughs> it's, it's nothing special. It's full of tatty little bits of paper. The place stinks of cat piss. And <laughs> it's just, it's not that interesting. Sorry. Uh, maybe there's some history there, but uh, uh, as a tourist attraction, um, it doesn't rate that that high to me go to mount fuji instead that's a far more spiritual experience but uh let's let's just watch what he does this doesn't this this doesn't seem normal to me la traición es esta, ¿no? Apoyar así, de las manos, apoyarla todo el cuerpo, las manos. Se pide, se sí, pide, se agradece. Voy a hacer un... Y se pide. 
se pide, se agradece, se emociona. Está se llorando emociona, Javier, mirá, Milei. Javier Milei. Abraza, abraza, abraza a su rabino, a su líder espiritual, con quien comenzó el, el camino de la Kabbalah. Mira. Por el cual él informó que va a <laughs> You just saw one of those little scraps of paper just fall out as uh, he's, he's caressing the wall. <laughs> Mira. Por el cual él informó que va a estar en un eh, queriendo transport, eh, queriendo ser Mira. judío, ves al muro de los lamentos. Javier Milei. That's fucking bananas. I'm sorry. So, look, there's a. There's going to be a shift away from the woke end of the political spectrum, right? They've pushed it too far. You can only warp reality so far till it sort of snaps back. And the problem is, is that those who are claiming to be, you know, the... Well... Let's just say, you know, they they put their nationalist uh, feathers on full display as they're trying to get votes. And, you know, I'm thinking of, what's her face in Italy? Moroni, that's how I pronounce it. And how she was going to stop all the all those blicks coming over in uh, rubber dinghies uh, into Italy. She didn't stop any of that. She's... <laughs> she's I say balls deep, but uh, she's uh, <laughs> she's riding she's riding Ukraine cock hard as she's um, delivering war supplies to uh, a conflict on European soils. She's she's just gone full on full on globo homo <laughs> droid mode, and get Wilders in Holland is another one he's a rabid zionist as well and this dude <laughs> someone someone find the picture they put it it was in the telegram earlier where there's a picture of him I, I presume it's him as a young man and then as a how he is now and he's obviously had a nose job and he literally has a fucking super beak <laughs> so uh, hashtag they all, they always come through, and th th this isn't normal, right? I I saw another clip. Mike Pompeo, just dancing with IDF soldiers. Hey, look, man, as as far as I'm concerned, as a nationalist, you know the the state of Israel exists there now, and the the idea of wiping it out. It's kind of anathema to me as wiping out any other country where they've got borders. But to, what have they done? They've literally engaged in genocidal behavior at a scale not seen since the Houthis were uh, chopping chunks out of their, uh, what were they called, Houthis and... Uh, I forget now. <laughs> Tootsie, maybe. Uh, but... It, Tens of thousands dead through munitions supplied by um, Western 
forces and governments. And um, this, it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel organic to me. These so-called nationalist, I'll say far right, but right-leaning politicians that all all give fealty to to Israel. Um, make that what you will. I know what I think of it. Uh, let's see, daughter of the Montreal King says, joining late, good to see you, Doc. I assume the radio silence was a vacation with your family. <laughs> I, was, I was sick as a dog, sorry. And, uh, let's see, Tussic Cube says, the public wall visit is a disqualifier. Yeah, man. What the fuck? <laughs> He's, like, that's, that's literally his first official whatever they call it foreign foreign dignitary trip he goes there and and dry humps the caco demon wall <laughs> it's just what hang on a minute Kruftov <laughs> just says I find Sarka is a pain in the ass yeah me too uh, also a pain down the back of your leg and in the arch of your foot <laughs> It's fucking horrible. So, uh, yeah, that's the that's the first weird uh, thing thrown up by the reality engine. Um, there's been a second ship sunk, um, literally a few days. There was one sunk earlier in February, like a not big ships, but um, look, <laughs> listen, leg spells when countries warships start getting sunk right you you're tearing down and barreling towards a far far bigger conflagration and ukraine doesn't have the technical capability to pull off those kind of attacks that's aided and abetted by nato intelligence gathering services with all their reaper drones and all their fucking Boeing, AWACS, whatever, E7 spy planes running up and down uh, <laughs> the, the international waters of the Black Sea. Um, this, this is concerning. Uh, 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 concerning as much of the Ukrainian conflict is. Ships being sunk and being sunk very obviously with the aid of NATO um, just pulls us that bit closer to uh, a conflagration that um, is likely to get out of control. Um, let's replay the clip. So Ukrainian military has released a video. This shows a drone attack on a Russian landing ship. The ship was destroyed off <laughs> occupied Crimea in the Black Sea. Uh, again, um, fuck the Western press. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Fucking Peacenik Guardian, the lefty hippie paper of United Kingdom is there. Is there. Roaring metal war! <laughs> fuck these gaffers! Ship was destroyed. Um, 
targeted ship was the Caesar Caesar Kunikov. Kunikov. Um, I'm not sure I have many more words to add to this. I mean, I, you know, my thoughts go to Johnny Gaslighting Gilligan and his, you know, his thesis that this push to war is to establish a military fascist state in the West. Um, it's very difficult to argue with that. We've already seen them prepping the ground, talking about <laughs> conscription. I find that uh, uh, difficult to believe that they'd be able to pull that off. Um, but th th they're trying. And again, what happens when suddenly the jobs have dried up and there's no other choice? And there's the military waiting. And yeah, if, we're, if we've learned anything over the past few years, um, it doesn't matter that, that it, they can never be satiated for blood. Um, they just want more and more of it. And well, you should be careful just watching those drone cam footage. Man, I saw one the other day. Again, those those drones just creep me out. And there's, you know, the dudes are <laughs> just doing their thing, I guess, you know, wandering around the battlefield. And it sort of dropped one grenade and it, it sort of knocks them over. And, but the dude gets up again. And so they've got like multiple release <laughs> drones. And the fucking grenade landed right on his head. Man. <laughs> I was like <laughs> what a way to go man fucking cringe click cringe click death from a fucking cheap drone as it gets coomed over by fucking telegram fanatics <laughs> just wanting more war my <laughs> thing is I'm sitting there watching it too I don't want to be a fucking cringe click to a robot drone. Sorry. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, yeah, so Zelensky's uh, sacked Zelnyov. Uh, Is that how you pronounce his name? Zeluzny. Zeluzny, right? And, um, yeah. <laughs> what to make of Ukrainian politics? I don't think they run anything. Ukraine is a deep state swamp and the characters there are um, pushed and pulled in directions that are geared by um, the five-eye, six-eye nations. Um, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure it's such a, a big deal. And, you know, I can't remember what I was listening to earlier. But, they were, you know, so Putin has made the point that Basically, the, the conflict in Ukraine is a civil war. And to sort of reiterate this point, the new 
Minister of Defense, whatever his name is, is is got like Russian family that live in Russia. And can can we can we just stop the brother wars just for just for a few decades? Can we just sort of reestablish equilibrium? Can we uh, can we not do that? Um, kick out the third world invaders. Stop the brother wars. That, those are policies I can get behind. But no, no, we just have more of this absurd, absurd reality engine bollocks. <laughs> what else did I have? Uh... <laughs> um, so the, the, <laughs> we're bombing the fucking Yemen, right? for their drone attacks on shipping through the Red Sea. And, you know, they're, they're making a stand on principle about, you know, there's a fucking genocide being given the all clear by the Western powers who make such a big deal of a rules based world order. And, you know, they've done a pretty good job by the sounds of it of cutting that shipping down. Um, now they're all going around Africa, adding two weeks to um, delivery times. <laughs> this, this is an example of um, what they're what they're attacking in the fucking Yemen. There's nothing in Yemen. It looks like a shithole. It's dry. There's nothing nice about it, and there's nothing there to fucking bomb, except a few fucking hedges sitting in fucking dirt holes <laughs> but we get is the hyper reality again even even in the yemen they've got uh <laughs> they've got fucking cell phones with high def cameras <laughs> just to just to catch it all so uh yeah let's 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 see uh let's see the mighty west flexing its muscles in in yemen yeah, I imagine his ears hurt. <laughs> Just look at it. Look like black desiccated rocks. It looks like fucking Venus. There is nothing green across that whole panorama. Uh, let's see. Pro TWI says Gilad Atzman, rabbinical Judaism is inspired by a very problematic text, namely the Talmud. Well, this I agree with. Zionism is inspired by another pro problematic text, namely the Old Testament, especially the biblical homecoming part. What we see in Israel 2024 is a perfect storm, the catastrophic merge of these two brutal narratives. The outcome is a broad daylight genocide. Um, yes. Uh, 
I agree. Kaiju McKernan is back. Um, I'm not Kev. I'd, I'd love to be Kev McKernan. <laughs> He's got, uh, he, he has a proper lab. <laughs> has Chris Hinckley RBN contacted you for an interview? Um, not that I'm aware of. Um, Uh, uh, Charles is sending me, uh, I, I bet I know what this tweet is. Denny Rancor. <laughs> Dr. Sam Bailey inserted a clip of my interview with that Steve Kirsch at the end of 2420 of her latest video, Virus Don't Exist, Why It Matters. Denny Rancor has found himself in the right place in the ecosystem with Bimbo fucking Bailey. And that's, it's, if, you're going to listen to that fucking garbage. I don't know how to help you. Okay. <laughs> Look, Danny Rancor's got something important to say, right? There maybe, maybe those vaccines have caused a massive amount of harm. But when he's going around saying that viruses don't exist, it just negates all the hard work that people have put in to trying to point out that there are problems with gene transfecting people with these amyloids. <laughs> and yes praise jesus i'm back um charles well I'm, i want to do a stream with charles <laughs> we're both we're both such walking wounded though uh well then i follow steve cash what i did um anyway. uh, viruses don't exist and why it matters it's my back communities went in two different directions the mainstream media and big tech were pushing stories of an alleged new disease coming out of Wuhan, China, supposedly caused by a novel coronavirus. When the severe lockdown was imposed across New Zealand in March 2020, my husband Mark and I asked friends and neighbours if they were actually going to go along with the story and the draconian responses, including the unprecedented restrictions on civil rights. The vast majority... Hello, again, the fucking... The, the point about them using it for turnkey totalitarianism, it's vitally important. But all the time you're going to put up the idea that viruses aren't real. You're just going to get crushed by the weight of scientific evidence, which shows that there is something there that is trackable within the environment, that is disease-causing. These... F I, I suppose I'll save that for another stream. Let's get, let's get back to uh, more normal madness. Well, to, <laughs> yeah, we had uh, Mohammed just being... Uh, <laughs> I don't know what else to show on this video. Just more, uh, more sand and rocks and dust. <laughs> I don't know what does one of those uh, J dams cost. <laughs> you wouldn't even know they'd hit the ground. <laughs> Look at it. Look at, let me just uh, um, sightseeing <laughs> in Yemen. What can, 
What can you see? Pictures. Let's have a look. Images. There's some green look. So you can see some mosques. Those weird, whatever they're called. Bobo trees. Bobo trees. <laughs> Nothing. They're like that odd mosque. <sighs> Sightseeing in Yemen's drone land. <laughs> For an infamous danger zone, Marib province is beautiful, ancient, and at times remarkably peaceful. <laughs> yeah, it I've put it right at the top of my bucket list of places to visit. <laughs> All right, uh, <laughs> let's see. Doc should start a poor, pure just sperm bank. I'll donate for a small fee. <laughs> Look, man, I've got, I'm, I'm looking at all stuff for lab setup. That means like fridges and it can be um, tedious, <laughs> to say the least. All right, what did I have next? Oh, this was fucked up. So, um, cast your minds back to before the Ukraine war. And Ukraine was sort of touting itself as this country that was going to be leading this IT revolution with respect to um, integration of um, IDs and um, everything all on your phone, all seamlessly connected. Well, now you're going to find out why. So this is from Mike Benz, uh, who is executive director, FFO Freedom, former State Department cyber, author of The Unpublishable Monstrosity, Weapons of Mass Deletion. Sounds fascinating. But this is insane. The US State Department forced all Ukrainians to tie their financial assets to their smartphones by developing the DIIA state and smartphone app for Ukraine. And now Ukrainians who try not to die will have all their assets seized. Oh, I know how that feels. <laughs> February 7th. Tighter army mobilization rules targeting would-be Ukrainian soldiers and proposing asset freezes for those who are trying to dodge the draft. So if you want to be a conscientious objector to these globo-homo corporate wars, <laughs> they'll take everything from you. Fuck that system. <laughs> it's just that, that it 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 blows my mind that we're on the precipice of this. And don't think it isn't coming to your country. And imagine what they're gonna do in the United States as they say, Well, you know, the the way to the way to secure the border is we've got to have everyone on these essentially smart, smart apt linked devices. So you're going to go and vote, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, very, very dubious territory to be stepping into, and one one that makes maintaining sovereignty um, ever more difficult. <laughs> you should you should resist this with every last breath. And I don't know, you know, I I get it that it's tough. I mean, you need some. You have to interact with that corporate system at some levels it's impossible to get out of it completely unless you go live in the woods i know a few people 
to do do that. <laughs> but, you know, it's they 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 still they still maintain a tether to. Me tens unit. Don't tell me I broke it. The amount of cabling I've had to do. Not cabling, but like repairs I've had to do. Ah, oh, yes. That's it. You just, you just stim away. Electro parade me. <laughs> um, better to lose your assets than your ass. Yeah, but you know that's that's hard. Like most people are, are gonna go along with it, man. I don't, I don't know. You know, it's easy to say don't don't comply but you've seen how they act in ukraine they go around fucking press gang people beat them up and put them into vans and drive them off <laughs> throw them in the front lines to get chewed up by robo drones dropping grenades on their heads and look i'm i'm not averse to like militaries um you know, sometimes you do have to use violence to solve a problem. But, you know, within the context of, you know, your country, if your country is under threat, and the simple fact is, I don't see my country under threat from fucking Russia dealing with what is essentially a civil war in Ukraine. And the fact that they, but they're floating the idea, they're putting it out there, that conscription is coming. And I don't know what what they what they have in mind. Um, nothing good, <laughs> anyway. And you know the is is it just a case of like m draining and squeezing out <laughs> the pipsqueak every bit of sort of money that can be laundered through that system before it breaks you know before there's a change in guard at the at the presidential white house i don't know but this the fact that the fact that they they want to put you on these all electronic ids and then the threat of oh you'll starve or you go fight and you know, I'd be, I'd be of the opinion, man, that um, they would stop it pretty quickly if uh, enough people went. And you know, you got a live fire exercise, and you just put one in the spout, and then you just <laughs> you shoot the drill instructor in the face. <laughs> and if enough people do that, they perhaps rethink their position. Um, because I, I think that's what I would be doing if I was if I was press ganged into the globo homo war machine, <laughs> fighting for the rainbow flags, <laughs> faggots, <laughs> and your commanding officer's gonna be a dude in a fucking dress. <laughs> Fuck that noise.
See, wraparound services do just that to fully surveil and record response. Immigration tents are there to vaccinate in the US. Maybe. Indy Luke says, the people are plebs. We are peasants to these people whom they want to phase out via technological. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm... I, I think it incumbent upon us in in the hybrid warfare scenario that they they want a reduced population. And the simple fact is that they they have been able or you've seen a mechanism where they could if if the molecular biology is right and I've got no reason to doubt it at the moment. The, the only thing we don't know is its ability to sort of penetrate and cause disease. And the, well, I, I, my overriding concern is that they've, they've figured out a way to sort of weaponize amyloids and prions so that they are, they are a biological weapon. And it's not just the brain, right? How are people, how are the young dying? It's cardiac, right? And we'll, we'll take a look at a little paper in a, in a second, which sort of reinforced that. All right, so let's move on from uh, the digital panopticon. Uh, we had this. I'll, I'll maybe do this another. It's it's long, and um, but who should we bomb next? Uh, the UK uh, uh, again itching for war. Why? Because the the UK is UK PLC. It's a corporation. It's there to make profit, and wars make profit. And as much as it disgusts me most of my fellow countrymen are clueless as to the legal status in which they are ensconced. And they don't know how to say no to the contractual chicanery that these people will pull to drag them into their globo homo fucking meat shredders. So I'll skip past this one. Maybe do it next. Um, oh, we have uh, some Shahids. Mm. So from William Mackis. Now, look, I, I, I've seen William take a bunch of heat for perhaps not being accurate in his data. But, um, you know, if this data is true, and um, I, I don't have reason to doubt it because like I say when I, I I was literally sat at the dinner table with Charles as he he got a report first hand of Marines just keeling over after just you know normal PT. So new article cluster of recent basketball sudden deaths in the US. Forty six year old NBA coach Dijan Milocevic, 14-year-old Amory Crete, high school coaches, referees, and more. Seven basketball sudden deaths within the past two weeks. NBA championship winner and basketball legend Earl Curtin died unexpectedly at the age of 66. Ah, he's fucking ancient. He should just say he's about to shuffle off his mortal coil. Uh, 
Teagard, Oregon Teagard boys basketball coach, 52-year-old Sean Alderman, died suddenly on Sunday, February 4th. Michael P. Roebuck, age 45, collapsed during halftime of a high school basketball game he was refereeing. January 30, Bay Springs, MS Bay Springs High School basketball coach Corey McKay died suddenly from natural causes. Uh, Moments, Illinois, 14-year-old Amari Crate, Moments High School basketball player collapsed and died during basketball game. January 23rd, 2024, Southington, Connecticut, Southington girls basketball coach Bill Queen, aged 59, died unexpectedly Tuesday as the Blue Knights were getting ready to practice. January 17th, that's Milosevic. It's, that's seven basketball deaths in the past two weeks. Four coaches, two players, one referee. All seven deaths appear to be cardiac-related and unexpected, and three deaths occurred in the basketball on the basketball court. Uh, anyway, if one of these is related to the vaccine, it's it's problematic. And again, how how is this happening? And we're going to go over what some of those mechanisms could be. But uh, we salute. Those Shahids for sequestering their carbon so that their betters can uh, have live longer, more luxurious lifestyles and maintain their fancy diets of grass-fed Wego beef. Um, I don't know. Did, did, did basketball players just all kill over all the time like that before? Is, it, is this just the fact that we're looking now that we're, we're seeing this? I don't know. But anyway. Um, Again, salute the Shahids um, for <laughs> blazing a path. All right, what did I have next? Um, I'll skip that. Um, oh yeah, so this was th- this was today. Um, Unconfirmed reports of massive explosion on key gas pipeline in Iran's spark tensions. In a series of tweets circulating on Twitter. Unverified reports suggest a colossal explosion and subsequent fire have occurred on the main gas pipeline in the city of Burojin, Iran, situated south of Isfahan. The blast, reportedly visible for tens of kilometers, has raised concerns about the safety and stability of crucial infrastructure in the region. According to Dr. Mansour Mansour at DR Mansour Mansou and a stop bender at Brestov, the explosion took place on the gas pipeline connecting the cities of Sharakord and Burujan. The affected section of the pipeline plays a vital role in transporting natural gas from Persian Gulf refineries to major cities, including Tehran, Esfahan, and Qom. The severity of the blast, with a blast sound reaching a distance of 60 kilometers, indicates potential widespread consequences. Geopolitics, at Geopolitics 52, shared scenes from the powerful explosion in Burujan, further emphasizing the scale of the incident. However, it is crucial to note that there is no official confirmation of the event at this time. The situation has sparked speculation on social media, with some attributing the incident to Israel and the omnipresent Mossad, a claim that Iranians have traditionally made the in Jew. circumstances. Decado, at its Decado, expressed a tense perspective, describing the explosion as a manifestation of regime incompetence and a glaring display of how matters are handled in Iran. The lack of official confirmation adds an additional layer of stress and anxiety to the situation. Authorities have yet to release any statements, 
leaving citizens and observers in a state of uncertainty about the extent of the damage and potential consequences. The timing and nature of the explosion raise questions about the security of critical infrastructure in the region. It is important to treat this information with caution, as it is sourced from Twitter accounts and has not been officially verified. As the situation develops, it is expected that official statements will provide a clearer understanding of the incident and its implications. So, you know, I think we'll see more and more of this. Um, if we look in Russia, there's been similar um, Russia factory explosion this week. It was a very big one. Massive explosion in Russia, maybe. Uh, do, 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 do. Huge explosion. No, let's do uh, past week. Huge explosion ripped through Russia's nuclear ICBM missile factory. Um, now, you know, again, in, in this sort of, you know, war by stealth, right, you're going to have these sabotage events occurring and it's going to go, it'll go tit for tat. And again, you have to, it's very, um, it's striking how many factories are going up in smoke in the US particularly food factories and you know how how do you how, again how do you coerce population you get them hungry now again i don't i don't know how reliable this report is but sinking russian battleships and blowing up their icbm missile factories <laughs> Ain't gonna ratchet down tensions and things will get worse and then supply chains will break and then comes the next Holodomor, the global Holodomor. And the again, some countries are gonna handle it better than others. And you know, how much of this is geared towards breaking the US? Um I don't think there's was there any video. Um, obviously a pro NATO um, <laughs> Ukrainian soldier shot down Russian missile with an M two machine gun. <laughs> All right. This ain't good, folks. <laughs> Sorry. Let's <laughs> say. Yeah, in my war, Governor, you go ahead and uh, you, know, you can knock 10 barrels of shit out of each other. Just uh, stay away from my street, please. Um, <laughs> it says, morning, Doc. Morning to you. It is early morning. It's 3.30 in the morning. All right. So uh, I think that's probably all the um, madness that I had. Oh, yes. So I wanted to... <laughs> We must keep our eye out for um, stories like this one. Um, 
Stopping the latest outbreak threat, chronic wasting disease. So this is from uh, Scientific American. A spillover of neurological diseases to humans from deer, elk, and other animals could be devastating. Now, let's say the worst case scenario happens because they've gene transfected these prion seeding epitopes into people. They will look for any excuse to defer or avoid culpability on their side. And of course, Blaming deer is an is the go-to move, right? So I think oh, we'll, we'll read through this. So each fall, millions of hunters across North America make their way into forests and grasslands to kill deer. Um, it's a grisly way of putting it, but um, <laughs> it's true. Over the winter, people chow down on the venison steaks, sausage, and burgers made from the animals. These hunters, however, are not just on the front lines of an American tradition. Experts say they are also on the front lines of what could be a serious threat to public health, chronic wasting disease, prion disorder, the neurological disease which is contagious, rapidly spreading, and always fatal, is caused by misfolded proteins called prions. It currently is known to infect only members of the cervid family, elk, deer, reindeer, caribou, and moose. Experts are alarmed about the rapid spread of CWD in deer. Recent research shows that the barrier to spillover into humans is less formidable than previously believed. Did we... We looked at this paper the other day, right? Um... Mm, you know what? Maybe we didn't. Um, there's one to read. Mm, all right, I'll, we'll do that later. Um, when was this published? Twenty twenty two. All right. Uh, a response to the threat is ramping up. In 2023, a coalition of researchers began working on a major initiative bringing together 68 different global experts on various aspects of CWD to really look at where are the challenges ahead. Should an, uh, Who appears in this article? Should we see a spillover into humans and food production, said Michael Osterholm. He is right up there with the scumbags that tried to cover up the origin of SARS-CoV-2. Um, do not be surprised that these people try to cover up any emerging prion epidemic by blaming it on deer or some other animal carrier. The bottom line message is we are quite unprepared, Osterholm said. If we saw a spillover right now, we would be in free fall. There are no contingency plans for what to do or how to follow up. And this is my concern because... Um, there is this ability now to essentially think of it as PCR for prions. And <laughs> it's not COVID. <laughs> it's literally, they can point to the evidence and say, it's fucking lethal. And in in that testing, you're what you consider to be your God-given rights will get trampled all over. And as they do the testing, and then they basically 
um, I forgot the name of the strategy that they called it now, but essentially it, it sort of um, create a barrier around it and then kill everything inside so that it doesn't spread. Now, would they go that far with humans? I don't know, but um, we're perilously close to a situation like that unfolding right now. And if, like I say, if the prions have been tripped or triggered and they're spreading via just shedding um, bodily secretions, etc., um, it could give them an easy, easy move into... You thought you thought COVID was bad. I don't think you've seen anything yet, and this you know this could be their disease X, and you know you could, you'd have to work bloody hard to convince me that they didn't know it would be a consequence of what it is that they did. It's 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 impossible that they didn't know or have an understanding of the prion risk. It's not it's not completely unknown science. Here we have Michael Osterholm again saying, Oh, we don't have plans. I call bullshit on that. I think I think they've got detailed plans on what they would do. Now that now that they've got this cycle whatever it's cyclic amplification process. The RT quick. Um they they can they can pull anything, and I don't know you you let again uh, a wave of cases go through. Um, you know I still hear of rapid onset CJD symptoms being reported, um, and the simple fact is that it's not just neurological. I think, especially as it's it's been introduced systemically. You're going to see it go to well tissue that has high metabolic demand, the heart, and you know the clotting is a known factor. We've known that from the beginning, and perhaps is a critical part of you know these rubber clots that are being pulled out of cadavers right now. Weaponized ticks, yeah, everything. You know, I had a paper where they're looking at um, bot flies. They're called, and it's enough. It's enough that these flies track around the nasal area of the deer. They can pick up an infective load and pass it to another animal. And. <laughs> Well, we're going to have people say prions aren't real now. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, the team of experts is planning for a potential outbreak, focusing on public health surveillance, lab capacity, prion disease diagnostics, surveillance of livestock, and wildlife risk. 
uh, and wildlife risk communication and education and outreach. Despite the concern, tens of thousands of infected animals have been eaten by people in recent years, yet there have been no known human cases of the disease. Many hunters have wrestled with how seriously to take the threat of CWD. The predominant opinion I encounter is that no human being has gotten this disease, said Steve Rinella, a writer and the founder of Meat Eater, a media and lifestyle company focused on hunting and cooking wild game. They think, I'm not going to worry about it because it hasn't jumped the species barrier, Rinella said. That could change dramatically if a hunter got CWD. Other prion-owned diseases, such as bovine spongiform encephalopathy, also known as mad cow disease, Creutzfeldt Jakob disease, have affected humans. Mad cow claimed lives of more than 200 people, mostly in the United Kingdom and France. Some experts believe that Parkinson's and Alzheimer's also may be caused by prions. Yes, it is. And potentially a whole bunch of cardiac issues. That's how the young are dying in the manner that they are right now. First discovered in Colorado in captive deer in 1967, CWD has since spread widely. It's been found in animals in at least 32 states, four Canadian provinces and four other foreign countries. It was recently found for the first time in Yellowstone National Park. Prions behave very differently than viruses and bacteria and are virtually impossible to eradicate. Matthew Dunphy, director of the Chronic Wasting Disease Alliance, said experts call it a disease from outer space. Symptoms are gruesome. The brain deteriorates to a spongy consistency, sometimes nicknamed zombie deer disease. The condition makes infected animals stumble, drool and stare blankly before they die. Ah, kind of like when the doc was on the booze years ago. <laughs> There's no treatment or vaccine. <laughs> Imagine it. A vaccine attempt for prions. In fact, they're fucking doing that. There's a paper I should bring it up. Just, but, but they're literally, they're literally making um, aggregate beta sheets of peptides to neutralize viruses self-assembling which it's literal definition of a fucking prion <laughs> and they're talking about it as a um, vaccine method um it sounds bananas to me but um <laughs> not many people listen to me so uh, how many people have we said oh 142 not bad um let's see how many have we got across uh, other channels oh, around 150 who's watching on the uh where well, you should be watching uh, 33 on <laughs> we're, we're uh, close to 200 viewers and whoever's watching on uh, on uh, what's it called <laughs> X X it's called now right let's see if uh, anyone's uh, supporting the doc today um, I want to say thank you to those that did, did think of the doc um, in his moment of uh, sickness and um, sent a shekel or two uh, let's see if anyone is feeding the coon today um yes we've got a couple there uh more damn beans and thank you very much uh hope the uh, hope the baby lifestyle is still suiting you uh gina and vex thank you very much the rest of you hang your heads in shame for the k26 r's that you are 
Uh, let's see. Cooking doesn't kill prions, said Osterholm, unfortunately. He said cooking concentrates the prions. It makes it even more likely people will consume them, he said. CWD is not known to have passed to humans or domestic animals, though experts are very concerned about both possibilities, which Osterholm's group just received more than $1.5 million in funding to study. CWD can infect more parts of an animal's body than other prion diseases like mad cow, which could make it more likely to spread to people who eat venison if it can jump to humans. Researchers estimate that between 7,000 and 15,000 infected animals are unknowingly consumed by hunter families annually. <laughs> You're all so fucked. <laughs> Once the brain rot starts, it'll be, ah! It's the deer! Nothing to do with that gene transfecting uh, amyloid seeding prion seeding epitopes into you. A major problem with determining whether CWD has affected humans is that it has a long latency. People who consume prions may not contract the resulting disease until many years later, so if someone fell sick, there might not be an apparent connection to having eaten deer. Prions are extremely persistent in the environment. They can remain in the ground for many years and even be taken up by plants because the most likely route for spillover is through people who eat venison. Quick testing of deer and other cervid carcasses is where prevention is focused. Right now, a hunter may drive their deer to a check station and have a lymph node sample sent to a lab. It can be a week or more before results come in, so most hunters skip it. Montana, for example, is famous for its deer hunting. CWD was first detected in the wild there in 2017 and has now spread across much of the state, despite warnings and free testing. And again, um, I, I keep raising the point that if the prion trigger has been pulled, the CWD epidemic, you could call it pandemic now, so it's in multiple countries, um, that's probably the most real-world example of how it would go down in human populations and again deer you know they're not <laughs> they don't ride around on uh, elevators and escalators and <laughs> cram into stadiums and uh, and it's still managing to spread through that population um if we're in a prion spreading paradigm that they've caused it could be, and like I say, even if you missed, you, you dodged the bullet of the direct gene transfection, you're probably being shed on all the time. You're having to go out into the, into the real world. <laughs> and that's, that's why we have to find ways to slow it down. So, Uh, Montana wildlife officials have not seen much concern among hunters. We've not seen a decrease in deer hunting because of this, said Brian Wakeling, Game Management Bureau Chief for Montana Department of Fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In 2022, Montana hunters killed nearly 88,000 deer. Just 5,941 samples were taken, and 253 of those tested positive. Um. It's well, <laughs> they're talking about um, indigenous tribes. Um, but let's see, 
Peter Larson is an assistant professor in the College of Veterinary Medicine at University of Minnesota, co-director of the Minnesota Center for Prion Research and Outreach. The center was formed to study numerous aspects of prions as part of the push to get ahead of possible spillover. Our mission is to learn everything we can about not just CWD, but other prion-like diseases, including Parkinson's and Alzheimer's disease, he said. We're studying the biology and ecology of the misfolded protein, he said. How do prions move within the environment? How can we help mitigate risk and improve animal health and welfare? Part of the mission is new technology to make testing faster and easier. Researchers have developed a way for hunters to do their own testing. That can take weeks for results. There's hope for within the next two years, a test that will reduce the wait time to three to four hours. With all the doom and gloom around CWD, we have real solutions that can help us fight this disease in new ways, said Larson. There's some optimism. Yeah, I'd be very careful around this optimism because, again, what is it? It's a hypersensitive amplification assay that, if you've been exposed, could pick it up. And then, what do you? What do they do with that information? Ah, citizen, <laughs> grab, grab your belongings, one suitcase only, and uh, get in the bus. It's driving you to a FEMA camp. <laughs> this. It doesn't, it doesn't fill me with confidence. And there's just too many f issues lining up here. <laughs> I'm uh, perturbed, to say the least. All right. So uh, what did I have next? So we'll, we'll do that paper tomorrow. So there was a bunch of... Uh, da, 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 we did that one. Um, did that one. Uh, uh, Abnormal prion. That one. Dysautonomias. So um, there's a few papers that have come out recently. So SARS-CoV-2 induces blood-brain barrier, choroid plexus barrier impairments, and vascular inflammation in mice. Um, nothing new there. Um, I want to read this paper just because it's uh, neuroscience, but not today. We'll come back to that one. Um, what did we have here? Oh, yeah. Nasal bots carry relevant titers of CWD prions in naturally infected white-tailed deer. I'll try to get to that one this week. And um, <laughs> this one. Um, so, you know, we're one of the concerns is, is there impact on reproductive health? And um, I will try to read this paper. I'm just, it, I've got it lined up for this week, provided the reality engine doesn't get Two fucking bananas. Transplacental transmission of the COVID-19 vaccine mRNA, evidence from placental, maternal, and cord blood analysis post-vaccination. What does that mean? It means the spike protein after vaccination is getting through the placenta and into the fetus. And we don't know what that means. And something so amyloidogenic, so primed for prion catalysis is disturbing. The influence of SARS-CoV-2 on immune system elements and on the placental structure, clinical histolo histological and immunohistochemical study. Um, one thing, I just, I'll, I'll try and do this study, but 
Uh, results. SARS-CoV-2 infection was accompanied by a decrease in the number of lymphocytes, the number of platelets, and present presence of placental structural changes, identifying extensive areas of amyloid deposits, placental infarcts, vascular thrombosis, syncytial knots, with a decrease in placental vascular density in the presence of infection in cells located at decidual level at synctiotrophoblast level and at the level of the cells of the chorionic plate, still without overcoming this barrier and without causing any fetal infection in the analyzed cases. So, um, in this instance, like the, the body, how many pregnancies are terminated prematurely by the body because of defects in the placenta is that why we've seen a 50 percent drop in sweden's birth rate something to think about at least uh, but, 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 but what other paper did i want to say oh yeah so i'll try and get to this one as well the contribution of amyloid deposition in the aortic valve the calcification and aortic stenosis so again there's this the the, the data is beginning to hone in on misfolded proteins lying at the heart of much of these chronic diseases that we've been trying to figure out for decades. And um, yeah, cardiac, cardiac prions, that, that could be what's taking people out. Um, let's see, have we got to the paper I wanted to get to? Yes, this one. So, um, this one came out this week. Viral afterlife. SARS-CoV-2 as a reservoir of immunomimetic peptides that reassemble into pro-inflammatory supermolecular complexes. A very long-winded <laughs> title. Um, but basically, it, it's what it's talking about is how come you can see extended long-term effects from COVID infections, let's just say spike protein exposure. And we're going to, well, this is the Xeno, whatever, auto, autoimmune, whatever. We'll find out what the acronym means. But um, this... This complex interaction happening down at this very fundamental level, again, is going to lead to these protein misfolding disorders. It's, it's baked into it. And again, I have to right now work around the hypothesis that they have weaponized amyloids and prions, found a way to do it. And that is the way if you wanted to get this, if you wanted the Dennis Meadows meritocratic way of reducing population. 13 billion doses, four and a half billion people. Uh, bah, 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 bah. So, 
let's uh, let's dive in, shall we? So it's unclear how severe acute respiratory syndrome, SARS-CoV-2, infection leads to the strong but ineffective inflammatory response that characterizes severe coronavirus disease. With amplified immune activation in diverse cell types, including cells without angiotensin-converting enzyme 2 receptors necessary for infection. Proteolytic degradation of SARS-CoV-2 virions is a milestone in host viral clearance. But what do we know about proteolytic um, degradation? It fractures those peptides, exposing those amyloidogenic sequences. That's that's where I think the weapon mechanism lies. And again, you, you have to look how come SARS has this much larger series of flanking sequences that attracts neutrophil elastase and cuts spike protein in a manner that leads to exposure of those prion and amyloid epitopes. Here we examine the inflammatory capacity of fragmented viral components from the perspective of supramolecular self-organization in the infected host environment. Interestingly, a machine learning analysis to SARS-CoV-2 proteome reveals sequence motifs that mimic host antimicrobial peptides, xenoamps, especially highly cationic human catholicidin, LL37, capable of augmenting inflammation. Such xenoamps are strongly enriched in SARS-CoV-2 relative to low pathogenicity coronaviruses. So again, you can look at the known. <laughs> there's, somehow there's this, <laughs> there's this continuing circulating um, family of coronaviruses. So just keep, keep, keep appearing they don't just disappear into uh viral mush <laughs> some people would have you believe <clears throat> moreover xeno amps from sars-cov-2 but not low pathogenicity homologs assemble double-stranded rna into nanocrystalline complexes with lattice constants commensurate with steric size of toll-like receptor free, and therefore capable of multivalent binding. Such complexes amplify cytokine secretion in diverse uninfected cell types in culture, epithelial cells, endothelial cells, keratinocytes, monocytes, and macrophages. And a whole bunch of those are part of your immune system. So you're getting these highly reactive epitopes being taken up by your immune cells, and it's going to cause this, again, protracted um, long, long COVID state. And if it's going into um, keratinocytes, which is your skin. Um, that means it's shedding everywhere. <laughs> 
similar to Cathelcidin's role in rheumatoid arthritis and lupus. The induced transcriptome matches well with global gene expression pattern in COVID-19, despite using 0.3% of the viral proteome. Delivery of these complexes to uninfected mice boosts plasma interleukin-6 and CXCL1 levels as observed in COVID-19 patients. And um, one of the... One of the better therapies that I think is out there for long haulers is low-dose naltrexone, and it interacts and suppresses interleukin-6. That's something you might want to think about um, to, have a, to have to hand. So as a result of intensive research during the COVID-19 pandemic, there now exists a working understanding of SARS-CoV-2 infection. However, our knowledge of what makes coronavirus a pandemic coronavirus mechanistically capable of causing a profoundly dangerous inflammatory response is still incomplete. An interesting clue was provided by a previous genomic analysis of coronaviruses, which discovered that coronavirus proteomes with high fatality rates tend to have more cationic amino acids. But it is not clear how altered electrostatic interactions may precipitate outcomes that characterize COVID-19. Recent work has suggested that cationic amphiphilic peptides from the innate immune system can undergo amyloid-like assembly with anionic nucleic acids to highly pro-inflammatory complexes. Here we take an unusual approach and consider the proteome of a coronavirus as a reservoir of peptide fragments that can be liberated upon proteolytic destruction of the virions and assess the possibility that, one, such fragments can imitate host innate immune peptides and assemble with anionic double-stranded RNA, a ligand common in viral infections and recognized by the innate immune system, and two, whether the resultant assembled supramolecular complex can conceivably be related to the diverse pathophysiology of COVID-19. And what I, I, I have a data point, and you know this is just back and forth talk um, with Joaquin Gerlig, and. They, with their interventions, found that they were increasing serum amyloid beta massively when trying to do the detox. And they think this is a consequence of using um, natokinase. And so all these people pushing natokinase right now, if there's nothing to buffer and sequester the fragments could be making things a whole lot worse with respect to exposure to these amyloid type peptides. The pathophysiology of COVID-19 in the unimmunized host is indeed diverse and not well understood. Most confirmed SARS-CoV-2 cases are mild, 81%, but up to 5% can develop respiratory failure, septic shock, and or multi-system organ failure. Severe 
pulmonary inflammation is accompanied by elevated pro-inflammatory cytokines in serum, especially interleukin-6, interleukin-8, tumor necrosis factor, and bronchioalveolar lavage, especially CXCL1, CXCL2, and CXCL6, resulting in neutrophil infiltration and activation in lungs, consistent with development of acute respiratory distress syndrome. Skin inflammation is manifested in the form of COVID fingers toes. One puzzle has been the propagation of COVID-19 outcomes to multiple organs and tissues not directly infected by SARS-CoV-2. For example, severe coagulation pathologies appear to be associated with endothelial dysfunction rather than direct viral infection. Another series of questions, I, I, I would beg to differ with that because Pistorius' work shows that um, the, S1, the S1 segment is enough to cause the fibrinogen-resistant microclots. So I would, um, if I'd reviewing this paper, I'd brought that up. Another series of questions is centered on the occurrence of clinical arthritis-like syndromes and lupus-like syndromes in some COVID-19 patients, characterized by high autoantibody titers and immune cell activation patterns, commonly seen in rheumatoid arthritis and lupus. Fundamental understanding of COVID-19 pathophysiology needs to encompass both these serious pathologies as well as the heterogeneity of clinical severity. Although proving the specific molecular mechanisms underlying these different pathologies will require multiple large-scale human studies and therefore beyond the scope of the present work, we demonstrate here that the proteome of SARS-CoV-2 exhibits a high capacity for pro producing peptide fragments that can lead to the seemingly disparate observations above, whereas homologue peptides from relatively harmless common cold viruses are much less likely to do so. In this work, we consider the possibility that proteolytic destruction of the virus by the immune system is not necessarily the endpoint for host viral clearance in COVID-19. In the same spirit, the enzymatic breakdown of food is not the endpoint of food's impact on our metabolisms. We use a machine learning classifier to help identify immunomimetic peptide sequences in the SARS-CoV-2 proteome that recapitulate functions of cationic antimicrobial peptides. A key class of effector molecules that can drive innate immune responses, the dysregulation of which can lead to autoimmune conditions such as lupus and rheumatoid arthritis. AMPs were first discovered for their antimicrobial and membrane penetrating activity, but some highly cationic AMPs, such as cathelicidin LL37, have been shown to be potently pro-inflammatory in lupus and rheumatoid arthritis as well as in autoimmune skin diseases such as psoriasis and rosacea. For example, LL37 and for AMPs with high cationic charge densities comparable to the Manning limit, this capacity for immune amplification can be traced to their ability to bind and organize anionic nucleic acids. I want to know what this Manning limit is. Mm. 
The Manning limit might be confused with various concepts depending on the context, but there isn't a direct definition readily recognized by that name across standard references. However, there are a couple of related terms that might be of interest. Manning formula in hydrology and civil engineering. Manning rule in financial regulations. Manning requirements in maritime contexts. Without more context, it's challenging to provide a... Uh, what is the Manning limit with respect to peptides? Chat GPT doesn't know. Um, it's new to me. Uh, this capacity for immune amplification. Wait, let's just check. It's one of the authors called Manning. Hmm. <laughs> I don't see. All right, so this capacity for immune amplification can be traced to the ability to bind and organize anionic nucleic acids into ordered complexes via the entropy gain of counter-ion release. The formation of these complexes also protects the constituents from enzymatic degradation, thereby enhancing their persistence in the host and augmenting their autoimmune effects. Here we show that immunomimetic cationic SARS-CoV-2 xenoamps can chaperone and organize anionic poly I2C, a synthetic analog of double-stranded RNA, into liquid crystalline complexes with lattice constants that commensurate with the steric size of DS double-stranded RNA receptor toll-like free which enhances cooperative electrostatic multivalent binding and amplification of immune activation via variation of superselectivity, which was originally conceived for multivalent activations in nanoparticles. Together with cognate effects from immune vetting of supramolecular complexes, a grossly distorted immune response can in principle be provoked, especially given the large number of virions available in hosts with serious infections. Consistent with this hypothesis, we show that xenoamp poly I2C complexes trigger strong cytokine secretion in a broad range of healthy, uninfected cells, including epithelial cells, endothelial cells, monocytes, and macrophages in culture. The transcriptome of primary endothelial cells activated by xenoamp matches well with the global gene expression profile in COVID-19 infections, even though the peptide fragments used comprise less than 0.3% of the viral proteome. Delivery of these complexes to mice boosts plasma interleukin-6, CXCL1 levels as observed in humans with COVID-19. These results suggest an unanticipated mechanism for severe COVID-19-derived pathologies such as cytokine storms, skin lesions, coagulation disorders, and significantly impact tissues that are not direct target of infection. And all of those can be attributed to spike exposure through vaccine as well. 
results. So the effect of viral amp-like fragments on host cells will depend on the types and available numbers of such molecules. Therefore, we map out and pass all amp-like sequences, xenoamps, available in the SARS-CoV-2 proteome. Determine the full scope and nature of xenoamps, a number of questions need to be considered. This determination is compounded by unusually large size of the RNA genome of SARS-CoV-2. 30 kilobases, which encodes 30 mature proteins that are heavily processed by host and or viral proteases to produce essential functional moieties. Are there strong amp-like motifs in the SARS-CoV-2 proteome, and how many are there? Given that the numbers of virions are large in an infected host, it is especially important to see whether xenoamps are found in repeating structures, such as the spike protein. How sensitive is the amp-like function encoded within these peptide motifs to cleavage at slightly different positions by different proteases? Finally, how do these amp-like motifs change if we analyze low pathogenicity common cold coronaviruses? To answer these questions, we use a previously trained support vector machine classifier to recognize amp-like sequences in SARS-CoV-2 proteins. This classifier has been validated in a broad range of systems. First, to identify potential xenoamps and assess whether they are still amp-like if cleaved at different nearby amino acid positions, SARS-CoV-2 protein sequences are scanned via a moving window of 24 to 34 amino acids, a typical size of many amps. In contrast to traditional bioinformatic tools, this approach can reveal amp-like sequences with low sequence similarity to known amps and thus ideally suited for identification of unanticipated pro-inflammatory xenoamp candidates in SARS-CoV-2. The classifier outputs a sigma score that characterizes the ampness of a given sequence. Strongly positive and strongly negative sigma scores indicate high probabilities, P plus 1, of the sequence being an AMP or not being an AMP, respectively. Uh, a sigma score higher than 0 corresponds to a probability of P plus 1 greater than 0 0.5. From this population of high-scoring AMP-like sequences, we select specific sequences with sufficiently high cationic charge to mimic the capacity of human Cathelcidin LL37 to organize anionic double-stranded RNA into ordered structures for immune modulation. Since double-stranded RNA is a pathogen-associated molecular pattern expected to be released from damaged cells in SARS-CoV-2 infections. Although the spatio-temporal distribution of viral fragments in individual hosts will be varied, the fundamental availability of strong xenoamp sequences is rooted in the viral proteome itself. We focus on prototypical catechutes with high scores and a high cationic charge from three representative proteins, one non-structural, two structural, uh, selection criteria, sigma scores, yeah, 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 bunch, bunch of gobbledygook here, let's get past that. Uh, consistent with AMP-like behavior, broad-spectrum xenoamp antimicrobial activity has been observed using radial diffusion assays against both gram-positive and gram-negative bacterial strains, including a methicillin-resistant uh, MRSA strain and Pseudomonas aeruginosa. Interesting. What do we know about Pseudomonas aeruginosa? That was the bacteria that was found, basically, with the full-length spike protein, not the spike protein, the SARS genome in it. And mm, 
again, all indicative that there's been some tinkering. <laughs> tinkering is not the right word. <laughs> the weaponization. In silico analysis of cleavage sites on SARS-CoV-2 proteins, indicates xenoamps can be produced during proteasomal degradation. Our results show that neutrophil elastase and matrix metalloproteinase 9 are both capable of generating xenoamps. We note that high expression levels of these two specific proteases have been correlated to acute lung injury and hyperinflation. Now, um, the interesting thing to pick up from uh, this data so the the gold or, or orange color depending on how you sort of view it right so that's areas that they've decided fit their criteria of being these um xeno amps and here you can see in the spike glycoprotein you can see there's there's these parallel sheets so b depleted sheets and b depleted sheets are kind of an indicator that's what you would look for for something that perhaps could cause amyloidogenic misfolding and it's very obvious here in the membrane protein now what they've done which i think is really nice in this study is compare it to um hcov oc43 which is common cold and um generally what you the brighter the color the higher the inflammatory capacity of that part of the peptide that they're looking at and so um that because they're looking at the virus they're not just looking at spike protein um you can see well, they've put bounding boxes around areas that are highly suspect that have this high xenoamp score and so what about the spike protein and the comparison between um sars versus hcov oc43 and we see that it's got this very very bright signal um i would be interested to know the exact amino acid number of one a amp s yeah, so um, <laughs> that is the prion-catalyzing epitope identified by Hammerstrom and Nystrom, 531 to 552. And here it is lit up in their analysis for, for whatever weight you want to give to this machine learning algorithm. But, yeah direct overlap and also we have to presume they're in gene transfected individuals and we don't know well again what's the what's the lethal exposure limit and when dealing with prions there's no safe dose Now, I want to see that 
that for me is the critical point in this paper. Um, we could get into a lot of the really technical stuff, um, but it's 10 past four in the morning for me. And I've covered, I covered the part that is of major interest to me, which is compared to normal circulating cold viruses, again, are able to maintain a presence. They don't just disappear into mush like some dim-witted individuals are trying to tell you. There is this hyper-inflammatory region. It's exactly the same region identified by Hammerstrom and Nystrom. And that sequence precipitates the conversion of the human prion protein into the scrapey form. So um, what I'll do is, well, because it's late, I'll, I'll read the discussion just so we get a, a taste for the um, the paper. So we've shown that an unanticipated mechanism for propagating inflammation through uninfected, uninfected cells exists for SARS-CoV-2, but not for common cold coronaviruses. This mechanism involves viral fragments able to mimic AMPs like LL37 calcicidin in host innate immunity. Given that LL37 is involved in path pathogenesis of lupus and rheumatoid arthritis, the notion that SARS-CoV-2 peptide fragments can imitate LL37 may be conceptually salient for understanding why the immune systems of COVID-19 patients resemble those of people with autoimmune disorders like lupus and rheumatoid arthritis. The concept of COVID-19 propagation in the host via viral peptide fragments, in addition to direct tissue infection, creates many potential points of contact with existing observations. The formation of complexes between such peptides and nucleic acid is interesting from the perspective of hyperinflammation and autoimmune reactions. Clinical studies find that extrapulmonary multisystem pathologies precipitated by SARS-CoV-2 pneumonia may be related to the massive release of cell debris, nucleic acid, Acids and protein fragments of viral as well as host origin into the circulatory system. The thermodynamic driving force for complex formation between xenoamps and nucleic acids is large, given that the magnitudes of their cationic and anionic surface charge densities are unusually close, which leads to large counter-ion entropy gains upon binding. Such supramolecular complexes can, in principle, be principle be endocytized by immune cells and non-immune cells alike. The internucleic acid distance in these complexes are close to those from LL37 nucleic acid complexes indicated in lupus and rheumatoid arthritis, thus allowing for optimal multivalent presentation of nucleic acid to endosomal toll-like receptors. Such apparent toll-like ac receptor activation, which leads to increased levels of interleukin-6 and TNF-alpha can result in amplified and prolonged inflammatory responses that desynchronize with viral clearance. Similarly, the inappropriate self-nucleic acid sensing by TLRs can also disrupt immune tolerance to self-nucleic acids in a manner similar to autoimmune disorders. Studies have found that toll-like receptors uh, in COVID-19 patients is correlated with disease severity. Toll-like receptor antagonists have recently entered clinical trials. Merck M5049 for treating COVID pneumonia. 
The pro-inflammatory impact of SARS-CoV-2 xenoamps documented here highlights the potential role of proteases in COVID-19 pathogenesis from our in silico prediction Neutrophil elastase and metalloproteinase 9 are both capable of generating xenoamps. In addition to direct damage to host tissue, upregulated expression of neutrophil elastase and MMP9 in critically ill COVID-19 patients can contribute to the proliferation of pro-inflammatory xenoamps. In a more general compass, it is interesting that recent work suggests that protease activity can lead to severe inflammation in other contexts. These observations suggest that an appropriate combination of host protease inhibitors that suppress xenoamp for formation may have a clinical impact on suppressing severe COV2-driven inflammation. Serine proteases used in the host innate immune system for making AMPs may be a good initial target candidates. Interestingly, proteolytic degradation of SARS-CoV-2 is likely to be heterogeneous as individual hosts display distinctive patterns of enzyme efficiencies varying routinely by fourfold to fiftyfold, with protein expression being noisy even at the single cell level. Stochastic transcription or alternative splicing of mRNA especially impacts environmentally responsive proteins like proteases with expression especially variable among genes of innate immunity. The proteolytic degradation of SARS-CoV-2 is expected to be drastically different among hosts may explain why the infection outcomes of SARS-CoV-2 are so heterogeneous ranging from asymptomatic hosts to fatalities. It is clear that xenoamps can result in a broader range of pathologies that in vitro and in vivo results presented here, especially since mass spectrometry, machine learning and protease cleavage analysis results all points to the existence of heterogeneous distribution of SARS-CoV-2 xenoamps. Although these observations indicate the identification of xenoamp nucleic acid complexes with specific individual species of xenoamp is not statistically practical, prevailing understanding, understanding of electrostatics in aqueous media suggests that because of counter-ion entropy, peptides such as LL37 and SARS-CoV-2 xenoamps will preferentially bind nucleic acids such as double-stranded RNA since they have surface charge densities that are opposite in sign and importantly comparable in magnitude. This effect underpins one of the key differences between pandemic and non-pandemic coronaviruses. So this is all very interesting for you know, all these all these stupid questions like, from people like Rancor and Bimbo Bailey. Um, learn and study the fucking science. That's what I say. <laughs> Let me just uh, check the chat. Um, see, I'm not running away. Uh, let's see do you think they're releasing prions in aerosolized methods um i don't think they have to if <laughs> if you can get billions of people to line up and take those so what why the need to aerosolize then they they just turn into walking prion bombs anyway. Uh, fucking psychopaths, bro. Absolute psychopaths. They're poisoning the food supply. They're vaccine tech in salads and such. As apple spray, shit is insane. Yep. Yep. 
um, it's just industrialized food. Um, you know, there's this cost benefit analysis, right? Of you know, just you need you you want food to last on the shelf, and so sometimes you want to make some interventions. Um, but you know it should be completely transparent as to what those interventions are and what the long term consequences are like <laughs> like glyphosate for example uh yeah i i don't think they're spraying prions in um when they're doing the geoengineering also, I've seen deer in Montana Glacier Park, sick, behaving very strangely, and wearing collars since 2017. Lived in the forest till 2021 in Cali now. Agent Orange Daily on 196 million square miles of land. Um, we are so screwed. Made it to Scotland Dock in 2022, unfortunately just for a visit. But I did find and cry on Brother Kev's resting place. Oh, yeah, that's... Uh, have a quick thought for brother brother baker um let's see yes these people we're dealing with globally are about globalism wholeheartedly we are about ants to be rid of for their system of global control gmo 5g diet aerosolized spring alongside cake mm. i agree with you Rolo Polo says, spray your roadkill before eating inactivation of prions and amyloid seeds with hypochlorous acid um you wouldn't get it all. Um, that ain't going to work. Sorry. <laughs> I, I appreciate the, uh, the effort. It won't work, though. Um, that bacteria reminded me of Pseudomonas syringae, or ice minus, that they've been spraying the sky with. 171 watching, 25 likes, what's up? Well, what can I say? The doc's a controversial figure. <laughs> I don't know whether it was a good strategy or not, but um, I don't know. I mean, as in terms of streams focusing, you know, that has this detailed look at science and uh, throwing a bunch of other stuff, it's one of the more popular ones out there. So it kind of worked. Um, it, I wish it was a thousand people watching, but um, you know the the simple fact is that I've the full force of the military industrial censorship complex has been aimed directly at me for everything, including debanking. Um, th that's a tough spot to find yourself in. Uh, let's see. I wonder if Simbarona Syringe has the same sequences they spray that on crops and cloud seed. I don't know. 17 year old girl here in Northern Virginia recently died after 10 months of suffering with Ewing sarcoma, a bone cancer. Can we assume the elephant in the room? I hate to jump to conclusions. Well, look, um, not everything is going to be down to spike exposure, virus exposure. People still got ill with cancers and. But the standard operating procedure right now should be to check. And 
it's it's not it's not that it's impossible to do it's relatively straightforward um so yeah you you're right to be suspicious but again just be careful of just thinking everything is um caused by it kev talk about god's chosen genocidal lunatics please oh, i was speaking about them earlier so yeah the, the Jew. always always comes through um let's see uh let's do 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 do, do. Mm. where were we indeed ll37 nucleic acid complexes have been observed in lupus patients and in covid19 patients these complexes exhibit structures that are stable in serum conditions these observations are not surprising given that such complexes are spontaneously assembled and held together by similar interactions that stabilize nucleic acid complexes used in non-viral gene therapy Given the observation of severe inflammation in COVID-19, one intriguing question is how the existence of host amps from innate immunity may add to xenoamp activity. LL37 poly-IC complexes can induce quantitatively higher immune activation compared to xenoamp complexes. Average IL-6 levels in LL37 poly-IC complex-treated N-hex cells is two times higher than that for xenoamps poly-IC complex-treated N-hex cells. It is possible that LL37 is superior to xenoamps in mediating cell entry of the complexes. What is interesting and unanticipated is the extent to which LL37 can combine with SARS-CoV-2 xenoamps and cooperatively produce more ordered double-stranded RNA complexes that are potentially more effective in inducing inflammation than either LL37 or xenoamps alone. These results need to be tested in vivo but may ultimately connect to vulnerability of patients with pre-existing inflammatory conditions to COVID-19. That's why all those fatty bum-bums took it so hard. <laughs> the formation of complexes between viral peptide fragments and nucleic acids can have longer-term consequences beyond acute inflammation. Since both the peptide and nucleic acid components are protected against enzymatic degradation in the host, what is it that defines prions? They are protease resistant, makes them very difficult to get rid of. What's more, some of the xenoamp sequences have some propensity to fold into either alpha helical or beta sheet structures. Moreover, a recent study has shown that fragments from neutrophil elastase processed SARS CoV 2 spike proteins can form amyloids. This is Hammerstrom and Nystrom's work, which in principle can contribute to greater longevity in vivo. More generally, it is known that the existence of viral remnants in the host is associated with chronic disease in influenza infections. Viral RNA has been found to persist in various body fluids of individuals recovered from Ebola infections for more than a year. It is possible that complex formations by SARS-CoV-2 xenoamps and nucleic acids can at least in part account for longer-term effects of COVID-19. Results presented here indicate that there exist intrinsically pro-inflammatory sequences found in the SARS-CoV-2 proteome that are not found in common cold coronavirus homologs, sequences that strongly activate immune responses in a broad range of cell and tissue types connected to disease states in multiple systems. The present study has a number of limitations. Given the strong pro-inflammatory activity of xenoamp 
DSRNA complexes has been confirmed in an uninfected mouse model here. It will be informative to assess in a full SARS-CoV-2 infection animal model whether the small population with severe inflammatory syndromes, 5% of infected human hosts, developed into critical state, has increased protease activity for generating xenoamps and will harbor a detectable residual distribution of peptide double-stranded RNA complexes that contain diverse SARS-CoV-2 xenoamp sequences capable to induce immune outcomes. It will also be useful to investigate the temporal persistence and heterogeneity of this mode of immune activation for our kinetic study of infection-induced inflammation outcomes since the transcriptome from HDMVECs stimulated with peptide double-stranded RNA complexes even a single xenoamp species can recapitulate gene expression from COVID-19. It will be illuminating to see how different xenoamp species act in concert. Moreover, it will be important to see how the gene expression induced by xenoamp double-stranded RNA complex varies for different cell types in general. Looking beyond the effects of xenoamp double-stranded RNA complexes, it will be important to examine more broadly the effects from SARS-CoV-2 xenoamps without complexation with double-stranded RNA. It's quite possible that amp-like viral fragments generated ectopically can be harmful, especially to vulnerable tissues such as the endothelium. Potential downstream effects range from loss of hemostatic regulation, e.g. hyperpermeability of vasculature, lysis of specific immune cell types, and intensification of cytokine storms which are reminiscent of COVID-19 symptoms. Taken together, the results presented here suggest an unanticipated mode of amplified immune activation for healthy, uninfected cells without direct infection from SARS-CoV-2, in addition to inflammation resulting from direct infection. The xenoamp double-stranded RNA complex can induce these inflammatory effects is surprising since binding and sequestration of immune ligands are usually associated decreased and not drastically increased levels of immune activation. The methods outlined here based on the structures and phase behavior of double-stranded RNA complex with coronavirus xenoamps can in principle assess the inflammatory potential of the large number of new variants of interest, such as the diverse Omicron variants. The results presented here suggest that viral fragments can connect to a broad range of seemingly unrelated COVID-19-associated pathologies, such as cytokine release syndrome, coagulation disorders, skin lesions, including potentially MIS-C. Now, um, I want to say they mentioned um, amyloids. Recent work suggested cationic. Yeah, we did that one. Uh, yeah, that's the Hammerstrom and Nystrom. Okay. Um, so, yeah, this there's more detail coming to light here. And again, you know, this, um, this diagram and this sequence that's been identified, again, is hugely problematic. And we we know that that sequence is in the vaccines. It's it's encoded in the plasmids that have been found in the vaccines. 
Um, so, you know, people, people who keep trying to say um, that it's, it's not a novel virus, etc., have to explain these highly pathogenic sites that do not exist in the other family of human coronaviruses. And they just seem a bit too convenient from my perspective. And the biowarfare hypothesis has to sit front and center, especially in the context of everything that's happening globally. It's unconventional warfare, um, sabotage, biowarfare, everything that has subterfuge and um, ambiguity built into it because that, that, that's the it's, the... it's the most efficient way of gaining leverage before you're, before you're having to go the, the full stretch to, oh, you're in full combat mode. Right? So you try to get as much in uh, surreptitiously as possible. And um, who, who, who would want to expose people on such a mass scale? Well, I think we have a pretty good idea who, because they keep telling us. So, um, uh, do, 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 do. let's see. Uh, you must be on their radar, Kevin. Despite low numbers you reach, you're a high value target, maybe the highest. Um, yeah, I know, I know that on my, like, you don't, you don't just keep getting debanked and, um, all your shit taken and everything blocked. If you're, if you're, talking dribble and nonsense if if i was sitting here saying viruses aren't real you could be sure i'd be getting amplified <laughs> to the nth degree i'm not i'm sitting here so it's very grounded okay I, I tried to make it entertaining and you know what's entertaining for me may not be entertaining for others but you know i don't find saturday night live that funny and um <laughs> I just, um, I've I've got to do something for my sanity in this particular set of circumstances. So you you get this style of approach. Um, I'm not, you know, it's if, go watch Nurse Campbell if you want some vanilla breakdown of the papers. Um, but you you're only going to get so far with Nurse Campbell. Um, if you want to get deep into what the data means it means you have to sit for for hours whilst we work through stuff and see where there are possible linkages and again this this sequence this 530 to 552 sequence stands out it looks too abnormal especially as it's on the cleaved s1 segment See, Gran Torino Island says, I'm expecting similar tactics here in Ireland, Doc. Been speaking out a while myself. Thank you for your work. Well, I I pray for Ireland. I really do. Um, but you've just got rat finks and weasels 
um, filling all those positions. And, <laughs> and then you've got daft bimbos like, uh, what's her face? What's her name? Ah, oh, the, the chubby woman who used to hang around with Judy Mikovits. Doesn't matter. Uh, but, 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 let's see. Informed consent isn't necessary in the US any longer, so enjoy that GMO vaccine lettuce, you guinea pigs. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it is what it is, I'm afraid. And you, you're, again, you've got to think long term and strategically in this scenario, right? But in, if, this has the impact, the potential impact. Cahill, thank you, Doris Cahill. Um, <laughs> what a, I don't know, man. <laughs> Women just fuck things up most of the time. <laughs> just sit down. It's a man's job. Um, <laughs> um, I forgot what I was saying now. Oh yeah, just like the survival aspect of it, right? So you, your job is to disengage from that corporate world as much as possible. The you, you should be encouraging the um, formation of families, tight knit communities, become self sufficient, tight knit communities, and and that way and you know maybe maybe that's not possible because you're stuck in a urban center a bit like me and you're far away and you don't speak the local lingo um you can do things online like this there's a brilliant community that um aggregates around this i mean there are a bunch of fucking edge lords most of them um but you know it's funny it passes the time and you know there's good information um, it gets aggregated there. And it's, again, it's not the vanilla pap that they would allow you to watch on something like YouTube. We will get into the difficult questions. I don't mind going into that territory. And, you know, if we're talking about race-based specific bioweapons, you know, there are certain groups we can be looking at and yeah, we can say that they're high up on our shit list. What part of the virus catalyzes prion genesis, Kevin? It's the S1 segment. Let me just see if I can find. Um, I had a nice video which shows it it's the s1 segment and it's the part that's cleaved when the peptide comes into contact with essentially the ace2 receptor in this instance but it's it's more complex than that but essentially the s1 segment gets broken apart from the spike protein as it goes through the binding process to bring the virion into contact with the cell membrane. And those fragments were just going to disperse. And you, you have to, that fragment is going to have like a structure to it still. And that prion 
catalyzing epitope is essentially sitting at the end. So you can think of it as a bit like a spear with a prion catalyzer on the end. And then it's going to go around and leverage itself in. And then you've got the issue of what are called cross-seeding amyloidogenic peptides. Um, let me just see if I can find... Bear with me, I'll find it. Let's look at this. In our airways, the air we breathe comes into contact with a mixture of different types of healthy respiratory cells. Some respiratory cells have cilia, hair-like structures that move the mucus along. These ciliated cells in our airways are the main target for the SARS-CoV-2 coronavirus. The virus itself is deceptively simple. It only consists of a few parts, but together these parts create a highly effective virus. It has an outer membrane with three types of proteins on it, spike, envelope, and membrane proteins. Inside the virus, an assembly of nucleocapsid proteins hold together its genetic material, a single strand of viral RNA. The spike protein is responsible for making contact with the host cell and starting the infection. It's glycosylated, meaning it has a coat of sugars that hides it from the body's immune system. Many of the variants of SARS-CoV-2 are characterised by mutations on this spike protein that can influence its function, some making the virus more infectious. Many of these mutations are unique to each variant, but some, like D416G, are found on each of the variants of concern. When the virus closes in on a host cell, its spike proteins open up and bind to a receptor on the host cell called ACE2. After the spike protein makes contact, purin cuts off the outer part of the spike protein called the S1 domain. So that process, these parts that are cut and basically become free-floating, that's what carries that prion-catalyzing epitope. That's why this is so nefarious. It's, it's impossible or highly improbable in my mind that that, that epitope sequence just happens to be on that segment of the spike protein. 
it's it's too fucking convenient. Sorry. And everything should be looked through that lens until we get to some ground truth. And the problem is the more you dig and the more you look, the more it looks deliberate. And again, four and a half billion people, 13 billion doses, potentially causing that protein reaction to occur. Um, let's see, Kev, I wonder if the algorithm props up and then pays off the Matt Crawfords and Cooies when they spin down the no virus toilet bowl, an indirect but highly effective circumvention of good people. Uh, probably. Um, again, the, <laughs> if you've got people going around <laughs> saying that you know viruses aren't real they can't propagate um that we can't understand their molecular biology etc they're they're not reading the literature and they're not looking around the world <laughs> with <laughs> objective eyes i'm afraid and again that prion catalyzing epitope being on that s1 segment gets cleaved and splintered away and it also happens intracellular as well and you know the prion protein itself is generally a membrane bound protein so you know it's coming into close contact with the cell membrane splintering off that s1 segment and the chances of it coming into contact with prion protein is probably very high. Um, I mean, I've been going three hours. Um, let me just see if anyone is not the K26R. Uh, well, um, only more damn beans, Gina and Vex are uh, <laughs> the good guys. The rest of you, you're rotten, stingy. That was a good stream. Um, we covered a lot, and I think um, I will. I will get to. Uh, you know, I wanted to do this paper. Um, Tau seeds from Alzheimer's disease brains trigger tau spread in macaques. Um, I, th I think this is, well, just it's close to what my domain was. I'm just, I've got scientific interest to read it. But, um, you know, there's a whole bunch that I had here. Where's that? Yeah, I want to do this one. Transmission of cervid prions to humanized mice demonstrates the zoonotic potential of CWD. Um, I'll try and do that later. Um, I do want to try and stream with uh, Shogun Rikasu at some point. Um, let me get some sleep and then um, see what we get down to. All right. Um, I'm going to call it quits. Um, take care. Have a uh, blessed evening.
or day wherever you are and i will see you in the next one take care god bless Bro, you don't, you don't know, know how angry I am. am. You don't. Blah, 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 blah. Just leave me for fucking work. work. You do, do not, not understand how fucking curses off. I've done it. I will be a racist and I'm making a fucking bad Fuck me, Captain. I will fucking kill you, fucking Captain. You don't anymore. Worse is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck I'm saying. No fucking, that's me! Oh, my 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 fucking, that's me!